With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Happy Halloween to you. Whether you're a ghost, a goblin, or you're an actual adult that comes dressed for work at work, (laughs) hope you're having a great day. Yes, I tweeted out that Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is the the greatest uh, candy ever created. Don't at me. Feel free to send me your list, your top five. We'll go around the room. We'll do the old survey radio. Uh, Five best, five worst things in your trick-or-treat bag. Uh, I'd like to commend my son, Hayes, who uh, used his own birthday money to buy himself a Halloween outfit only at the last moment to go Gottlieb and go, why don't I not go in as a football player since I'm a football player? And he went full pads, rib pads, everything earlier today and was slapping fives with everybody at the parade. We got Thursday night football. We have NBA basketball that won't have Steph Curry for the foreseeable future. We have a little fisticuffs. We got everything. And we have a new world champion, which is weird calling somebody a world champion 
but it is the World Series. We used to do it in the NBA. Now we call them NBA champions. Do you guys remember that? Because the fact is that there are other leagues in the world and there is a World Cup and there is an Olympics and there is a World Championship. And so the NBA no longer says World Championship. Baseball still does. Anywho, the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. So the World Series comes to an end and like, look, baseball just gives us stuff that other sports cannot. Can't. Right? Like we can question a play call or a shot or a substitution, but because there's such time to take a breath and because there's such a, an exorbitant amount of numbers and the use of numbers, like, there's a lot to these decisions that are made like A.J. Hinch made to pull Zach Grinke, but not, not go to Garrett Cole. Here's A.J. Hinch, who has won a World Series, on his decision to pull Grinke. I wanted to take him out an inning or a, a batter too early rather than a batter too late. And, it, you know, Kendrick and, and Cabrera was where I had really focused on Will Harris at that point. Will's been tremendous for us. I knew I had Osuna. I knew I had, you know, Garrett if need be. And so Will coming in to spin the breaking ball, he got the swing and miss, and then he hit a ball off the foul pole in right field, and, and off they go. So um, it's a decision, you, you, you know, I'll have to live with. I'll think about it. And, and I don't know what would have happened had I, had I left him in, but that was kind of where I targeted based on where the game was going and what we had available to us. Sounds like a sensible decision, right? Sounds like a sensible decision that ended up backfiring. Will Harris ends up giving up, you know, two hits. Zach Greinke, who they did start to get to and did start to fade, but they went there. And look, he went to Osuna, and it wasn't like Osuna fixed things, although he used Osuna for 36 pitches. Even Joe Smith, who is formerly reliable, who's a friend of the show, and I'm sure he'll come on here sometime next week, and had an outstanding series. Joe Smith, and this is, again, going uh, late into the top of the ninth inning. He gave up two runs. He loaded up the bases before exiting the game. So the, the normally reliable bullpen, and this is important to point out, that the normally reliable bullpen was not reliable last night. But here's what happens with World Series. And, I, and I'm going to see it happen. And my, my son, actually, he's 10 years old, asked me. He's like, hey, isn't that crazy? The Nationals won after Bryce Harper left. It doesn't actually matter what happened in the series. Right? It doesn't really matter. What matters is the perception the narrative, what people are going to talk about. And what people are going to talk about is A.J. Hinch. I can't believe he took Zach Grinke out too early rather than too late. And he gave up all of it. And, and, and Will Harris came in and gave up the home run to, How, to Howie Kendricks and he didn't pitch Cole. What was he doing? It doesn't actually matter that everyone coming into the series, everyone coming into the night said the Astros' advantage was their bullpen. Was their bullpen. Right? Like, we're going to criticize a manager for not doing what the Dodgers did and got them beat. Right? Like, well, it's, it is a damn... And I understand the situation. Kershaw came in and got him out of the, was it the seventh inning, and he didn't have to trot back out there in the eighth. 
But the idea is, hey, if you got a starter who's a stud, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's available, why would you use a Will Harris who is a specialist and you're a specialist for a reason? Right? Like, guys like Will Harris can never, will never be able to be Garrett Cole. They're just not that good. But in a short instance, they can be better and, you know, they have that ability to start their motor quickly. But that was his logic. That was his logic. And it's sound, sensible logic. Frankly, just like Bryce Harper. Right? Because Bryce Harper right now looks like the money-greedy guy who the second he left, they go and win a World Series because he's gone. And look, the money they saved this year, they used for Patrick Corbin. Okay? And they did a really nice job of put, of continuing to build their team with all that money saved. It doesn't actually matter to anybody that he didn't take top dollar. He's not making $30 million a year. That he took longevity, security, 13 years to, to a team that wanted to win, but's in the same division. Like, look, Bryce Harper actually didn't go for the short-term bite at the apple like he could have to even stay with the Nationals. His decision was sound, was sensible, pragmatic. And yeah, I'm sure he's bummed out, but he's got 12 more years to get to a World Series. Like Bryce Harper today has become a money grub, mudding grubbing bum who is completely overrated. Like he was the MVP of the league in his early 20s. And we can say what we want about the Nationals, but they did offer him like a four or five year deal. They didn't offer him a 13 year deal, but they did offer him a four or five year deal. But none of that matters because the day after the World Series, the narrative matters, perception matters. And the perception is A.J. Hinge blew it and didn't use his best pitcher. And Bryce Harper leaves, and that's why the Nationals were a better team. I'm not going to tell you there's not a smidge of truth to both. Because even A.J. Hinch has said, like, look, these are things I have to live with. Obviously, it was a it was a mistake because, you know, he missed with one of those breaking balls and Howie Kendrick did hit it off the right field foul pole. I mean, but again, our perception and reality aren't always aligned. Like, I, I brought this up to Ryan Music, our producer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Perception is, and I don't know if you're if you're my age or older, you probably grew up playing, like your favorite baseball game might have been RBI baseball. Did you ever play RBI baseball? Okay, RBI baseball. I mean, my first the first year I remember it coming out was like nine, after the 19... What was it, 87 series? That was the Bill Buckner series, right? I mean, that's how I grew up playing baseball in a video game. And when guys would get tired, they would go from throwing 99 to 93 to 92 to 88, and it was like pus, and guys would hit it out of the yard, right? Perception is when you get tired, you lose juice on your fastball. But that's not actually the reality of how it works at that high of a level. Do you lose some velocity? Potentially. But the first thing to go is your location. Ask any of these pitchers, and they're like, hey, when you're not sharp, when you're not right, 
you miss. And if you miss by a foot, they hit it 350, 450 feet. That's what happened with Will Harris. That's essentially what A.J. Hinch is saying. Kind of missed with the breaking ball. And Howie Kendrick hits it down the line, short porch, hits the foul pole. You know, if that thing goes two feet to the right, we're not even talking about it today. And oh yeah, by the way, if he doesn't miss by three or four inches, we're not talking about it today. But when you go to the well one more time and a guy's a little tired, and that's the problem with Garrett Cole. We all think that Garrett Cole is going to be Garrett Cole he was a couple of nights ago, right? Game five in Washington, he's virtually unhittable. But as the Dodgers found out, you bring one of those guys out of the pen and they've thrown 200 plus innings and they've just thrown two nights before and they miss with a curve, miss with a slider or miss with a fastball by this much and they put it in the parking lot. It doesn't matter. The perception becomes a reality. And the perception is that the, the Nationals won because in small, at least in no small part, because Bryce Harper is gone and because A.J. Hinch went to the wrong guy in the pen. Right? Instead, it was a game seven. It was, I mean, like, look, it was game seven. Okay. The road team won every game. Every game. The Nationals had Max Scherzer pitching game seven only because he had a stiff neck and couldn't move or back or whatever and couldn't move game five. Like there are things that go bump in the night that happen to work for the Nationals. And Scherzer wasn't great last night. He wasn't his normal self. He wasn't dominant as it's really hard once you pitch that many innings in that high a pressure game. But like let's let's kind of be honest. Like this had never happened before where every the road team had won every game. And we never had a situation where a guy misses a start because he is he had a, a back flare up and then he ends up the team actually benefits from it and he starts game seven. So congratulations to the Washington Nationals who I I used to call the Halle Berry of sports. Right? Back when they had Bryce Harper, everything looked good, but for whatever reason, they could never win the big series. This year they did. Right? I mean, let's they should have lost to the Brewers, should have lost to the Dodgers, could have lost to the Astros. But today they're world champions. And oh yeah, by the way, Bryce Harper, who's seen as the bad guy, the money-hungry guy, where where is he in, in salary? His salary is 16th in Major League Baseball. And usually what happens is the guy who signs the last deal makes the most money. He made $25.3 million this year. That'll drop even further with Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, and Anthony Rendon set to hit free agency. I mean, it's it's like... Look, dude, the Nationals missed the playoffs only twice in the seven seasons that he was there. And by the way, he won the MVP. And he was an all-star six times. He's not a bum. He wanted longevity and stability. And oh yeah, by the way, the Nationals aren't some Johnny-come-lately team. They aren't some super underdog team. They have Max freaking Scherzer and Steven freaking Strasburg and Anthony freaking Rendon. Like, they're legit 
And as much as you don't have a big sample size with the playoffs, the fact is that if you get seven shots at the playoffs in eight years, or whatever, yeah, excuse me, uh, six shots at the playoffs in eight years, at some point, luck is going to, fortune is going to find favor with you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Kevin Durant on if his fight with Draymond Green played a role with him leaving. Did that play a role in you leaving Golden State? A little bit, yeah, for sure. I mean, your teammate talked to you that way. You think about it a bit, but we talked, like I said, we talked about it, but definitely, for sure, I'm not going to lie about it. This was Kevin Durant talking about his relationship with Steve Kerr. I mean, he was a coach and I was a player. I mean, it wasn't anything bad. I came to work every day just like he did, and I wouldn't say we had a tight relationship or a bad one. I just came to work, went home, just like he did. This is kind of my read on on Kevin Durant. Um, one of the reasons that we study people's background, right, whether it's for the draft or when you're getting to know somebody, like tell me about them, tell me about your upbringing, is because what's pa- what's what's past is precedent, right? Who you are as a child oftentimes shapes who you become as an adult. Do you have a dad in the home? Did you live in one house? Did you live in multiple houses? What's the level of education of your mom or or of your parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Kevin Durant in the interview said, hey, when I was a kid, we moved around a ton. So he believes that he's used to moving around a bunch. He had a very strong relationship with Scott Brooks. The Thunder fired Scott Brooks, hired Billy Donovan. And what happens is this is like, you know, when your mom doesn't remarry or your dad's not involved and she does date a bunch of guys, you don't become exceptionally tight to any kind of male father figure because you don't know if that guy's going to be around for a long time. It's very normal. Very normal behavior. And so his way of looking at it is like, hey, well, I don't understand what the big deal is. I moved from here to there to there to there to there. He paints the picture of a guy who has been accurately portrayed by the media as it wasn't that he didn't like the Warriors. It wasn't that he disliked them. It just he was never really in love. That wasn't his team. And he did what he had to do in order to get a championship, in order to be seen as the best player in the NBA. And even now, he's kind of in denial of wanting to be the best player in the NBA. Well, that's not how I judge myself. I want to be the best version of myself. Huh? Because he knows or feels the backlash and he's never been loved by it. He understands what happened to LeBron James when LeBron said he's better than Jordan after he came back from three games to one. I'm sure that that Draymond calling him the B word, that his lack of true relationship with Steve Kerr, the fact that it was always Steph's team and was going to be Steph's city. I'm sure all of that played a factor, as did his willingness to move because of his own upbringing. And, but some of it is also 
KD not really even understanding himself, which is kind of part of everyone's journey of self-discovery. Like he was asked by, I think, Max Kellerman, like, do you have regrets over playing in game five? And he's like, no, I don't have any regrets. I mean, I wish I would have made a different decision. That, by the way, is called regrets. Right? Like, but he didn't even know. It, it, like, that didn't even phase him. And it's not that he's not smart. That, I'm not saying he's not a bright human being. I'm saying that as much as he's kind of reflecting and trying to learn, he's still learning about himself and understanding what different feelings mean. There's intelligence and there's emotional intelligence. And I don't think KD truly has emotional intelligence. He's bright. He's interesting. He's inquisitive. He wants to learn about media. He wants to learn about business. He wants to learn all this other stuff. But whether it's because he was a childhood prodigy, whether it's because how he's treated when he's a kid or how he's treated when he got to Texas or when he's got treated, how he got to Oklahoma City, there's a little bit of arrested development there where he hasn't been able to truly evolve his emotional intelligence. And, and that, that's, that's normal. A little sad, but normal. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Let's welcome in Bob Nightingale, MLB insider for USA Today. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable series, the first of its kind. Never seen two teams have only only the road teams win for seven games. Hadn't seen for six games. But, I, I, Bob, I think that the two kind of narratives that people are going to take away are, uh, one, A.J. Hinge blew it, not using Garrett Cole, and two, the Nationals only won because Bryce Harper left. Um, how accurate are either of those two narratives? Yeah, I don't think either are accurate, Doug. I mean, the uh, the thing with Garrett Cole, if you're going to use him, it has to be the start of an inning. And you're not going to bring him to seventh inning because Zach Greinke is pitching a one-hitter and just absolutely dominating. So once he got in a little trouble there, if you want to you know, argue that maybe Greinke should have pitched one more batter, you know, I, I could see that. But then you got to bring in a reliever. And Will Harris, up until uh, game six, hadn't given up a run since August. Uh, very trusted guy. And then now you're down by one. And so, as AJ said after the game, if the game was tied or if they had the lead, they're bringing in Cole. And, you know, who knows? I, hey, we all know how great of a pitcher Cole is. But we also know he hasn't pitched a relief since college. So, who knows how he was going to, uh, re- you know, react there. So I think it's unfair on uh, on Hinch's part, and then on the on the Harper thing. Hey, it's a tremendous talent. The only thing you can make an argument with is that if they had uh, signed Harper, they wouldn't have signed you know uh, and got more pitching help in Patrick Corbin. And Patrick Corbin was an unsung hero of that game last night with the, with the three shutout innings. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, that's the voice of Bob Nightingale. Uh, let, let's let's first talk about the Astros uh, and their inability. You know they've they've had big game hitters, especially at home. How how odd is this for them to come up so cold with their bats at home in big situations? Yeah, that was the most stunning thing, Doug. I mean, this is a team that won sixty games at home this year, the best home record in all of baseball, the best home run record in franchise history. 
And not to win a single game at home during the World Series is mind-boggling. I never thought I'd see that. Uh, these guys usually destroy this park. And, uh, hey, you know, they had Max Scherzer on the ropes for the first five innings. Uh, and they did that constantly throughout the, uh, the World Series and couldn't get that key hit. And uh, it, it, it cost them. You know, when you look back the entire postseason, you know, except for maybe, you know, one game or so, they were never that, that club that delivered the clutch. Bob Nightingale joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What, what's kind of lost in the Nationals winning and winning in such incredible fashion is, like, how many times should they have been dead and buried in the playoffs before? Oh, absolutely right. I mean, if you go back in May when they were uh, 1931 and players were picking to Davey Martinez's office to see if he was still around. They thought he'd be fired by then. And then, uh, you know, Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in the, on the planet, just four outs away from uh, knocking him off the wild card game. You know, Kershaw, just six outs away from knocking him off in division series. And then, you know, back-to-back elimination games on, on the road in Houston. So five and only elimination games. Uh, the only the only team that ever fought off more elimination games were that KC Royals back in 1985. Uh, okay, so Rendon and Strasburg both hit the market. The Nationals, and, and again, part of this is narrative. I, let's Most of us who know baseball know the Nationals did offer more per year to keep Bryce Harper just not anywhere near 13 years. So what's the likelihood the Nationals hang on to one, if not both, of their World Series stars? I think they hang on to both, Doug. I really do. I think Anthony Rodone is very uh, happy there. Obviously, they love him. You know, a great superstar player. You know, could go in the Hall of Fame wearing their, uh, wearing their hat. Uh, so I, I do think that he stays. They have to raise their offer. They offered about two ten to two fifteen. They got off and give him about two sixty, two eighty. You gotta give him at least what Nolan Arenado got from the Rockies. <clears throat> Strasburg, they love him. He's got four years, hundred million dollars left. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they say, you know what, we'll give you a, a add another year onto it for another twenty five or thirty million dollars and keep them both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about what about the Astros and Garrett Cole? Um, he's a Southern California kid. He actually has a house kind of down the street from me. I don't, don't know how much he lives in, in, in that house. Uh, what's your sense of where and how much? Well, he'll break the all-time record for uh, a pitcher's contract. I think he signs with the Angels. I really do. And I think it's going to be for at least $250 million. The record is David Price at 217. Uh, Cole will be a, uh, a year younger than Price when he signed. More money in the game now. So I think Artie Marino uh, will do everything to uh, sign him. I think the second, I think the highest bid may be the Philadelphia Phillies, but I think as long as it's close, he goes to the Angels. Yeah, I, I, I tend, to, tend to agree with you. Obviously, growing up in Southern California, going to Orange Lutheran and then to UCLA, uh, that's home. And they desperately, desperately need uh, a, a star pitcher to go along with Mike Trout. And of course, they need to get a, a new stadium as well. Um, Okay, so Hinch says he went by feel. Uh, there's been questions about feel versus analytics and what we learn. Where are we in the analytic decision as opposed to feel decisions now that we're through another year of playoff baseball? Well, the scouting industry is going crazy. And they think this is like, you know, VJ Day. I mean, they're celebrating like, here's the Astros. You fired all their pro scouts and went analytics. 
uh, Washington Nationals, full of old school scouts. I think they got 10 or 12 over the age of 60, three guys over the age of 80 scouting. So they went more the team chemistry and camaraderie, that, that sort of thing. And uh, I, I think for scouts, now they're going to say, you know what, with the Washington Nationals winning it, maybe now teams won't be so uh, apt to, you know, fire scouts and just hire analytic people. So, you know, Nationals, hey, they do they use analytics too. They're just going to go strictly on it, where the Astros are probably the, the, the ringleader and just, you know, basing their decisions on analytics. Yeah. I, uh, you know, who knows Who knows how much, you know, last night's game played a factor. I don't think A.J. Hinch is really an analytic-type manager. He uses it, but I think there's more old school in him than people think. Yeah, I, I th- it's, it's fascinating because th- this is a little bit like the Moneyball thing, right? Like when the A's were at their best, you can tell me all you want about Moneyball, but they had three stud pitchers. Uh, you know, the, I'm not right. saying the Astros haven't used uh, analytics, but, like, look, they have – Scherzer, Cole, and Grinky. Um, all, all of that other stuff doesn't matter when you have three weapons like that. Right, yeah. They trade for all those uh, studs, and you look around the uh, in zone outfield, a lot of the number one pick or number two picks in the country. So, yeah, it's not like a money ball thing where you're grabbing some guy who's just a uh, journeyman and make it, making him a good star. Bob, oh, I- yeah, man, that's what's done a great job. Three straight winners, no. World Series, and the uh, that's Bob Nightingale or Max Hedrom, either one, as his cell phone began <laughs> to fail us. Do we still have Bob? Is he still there? Do we still have Bob? All right, we'll br- bring bring Bob. It's, be- it's better. Your, your cell phone was giving us a little bit of issue. La- last thing, um, I guess, Yankees, Dodgers, right? Yankees don't have the pitching. You know, Dodgers obviously uh, had a couple of decisions not go their way. Otherwise, they would be there. Let's start with the Yankees. They, they have to add pitching this offseason, don't they? I think so. You just can't win without those stud pitchers. I mean, Houston had the three, and, uh, you know, so did Washington. Washington had four of them. So you can't just rely on bullpen. I think the Yankees have got to go, to go get a starter. They had a chance, you know, a couple of years ago. Verlander was begging to go there, goes to Houston. We, you know, we saw what happened there. Uh, they passed a number of guys. I think they got to go get somebody. I really do. Great stuff as always, Bob. Enjoy the the upcoming off season. This was a glorious one and an incredible World Series. Appreciate you being our guest. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks, Doug. That's Bob Nightingale, USA Today, covering Major League Baseball. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Did you guys see the Rockets score last night? Did you guys see the Rockets score last night? I know the Rockets, base, the Houston baseball team couldn't hit, but my goodness, 159 to 158. In regulation, okay, the teams hit a combined 43 threes. The Washington Wizards, <coughs> I want you to take a listen to this. They shot 62.5% from the field, 55.5% from three, 83% from the line, and lost. Scored 158 points and lost. They turned it over 19 times, but hey, the Rockets turned it over 13 times. Like, it's crazy. But I, I think... I remember having a conversation with Mike Gundy and basically Mike Gundy called the Kansas state win before calling the Kansas state win over Oklahoma, which is in order to win the big 12, you got to be able to stop the spread, right? Everybody outside of K state spreads you out and goes, oopty freaking oop. They just do. 
Like the the spread spread from college football from OU. Like Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator in 2000 or 1999. Then he went to Texas Tech. They started running the spread and everybody copied him. You had OU, you had Tech, and now everyone's running some form of tempo, some, with the exception really of Kansas State. They're, they've zagged when everybody else has zigged. But he said, like, look, the problem is in order to win our league, you got to stop one style. You got to load up on defensive backs. Your, your defensive linemen can't get home anyway. You know, in addition to the fact that there just aren't that many quality defensive linemen, you know, you got to get to Texas to get them. They can't get home. So, like, what are you doing loading up on, you know, going six, seven deep on quality defensive linemen when you need cornerbacks, you need hybrid linebackers and safeties who can cover, who can run? But then you get in the college football playoff and both offensively and defensively, it's a completely different ballgame. Right? They line up and they have, they go too deep at defensive linemen and their offensive linemen have to be able to protect against those defensive linemen. I'm talking about Clemson, talking about Bama, talking about LSU, talking about Ohio State. Because those traditional styles come back in once you get to the college football playoff. That reminds me of the Houston Rockets. Because if the Rockets play a 159-158, he who has the ball last game wins, they're going to win more than not. They shoot 53s in a game and the other team shoots 35 threes in a game, they're going to win more times than not. But something funny happens once you get to the NBA playoffs. Hand checks return, physicality returns, defense returns, and you have to be able to score in the half court. You got to be able to play through contact. You got to be able to win without getting to the free throw line. And it's like a fool's gold. Hey, congratulations. Champions of the regular season. But we're almost feeding into it. We're almost feeding into it because the likelihood of anyone succeeding in the playoffs when they've played this way for 82 games, right? Like it's just bad habit after bad habit after bad habit. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's uh, welcome in uh, a guy who is known for crushing beers as well as crushing opponents. David Bakhtiari joins us from the Green Bay Packers getting ready to travel out to L.A. and take on the Chargers, what is going to be a, a essentially a home game. This has got to be a weird one for you guys, right? Because you know you're not going into a tough environment. Packers haven't been out here in forever. I've been out to LA since the teams moved away. It's going to be a, a home game. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been hearing, and also I heard it's a pretty small stadium, about thirty thousand. But again, you know, we got to travel with the energy. Uh, it's going to be definitely a different um, away game environment, something that we're not accustomed to. Yeah, um, y- your boy Rogers, though, you know, he lives out here in the off season, and he's all Hollywood. Has has he already set up some Hollywood dinners for you guys? Um. You know, I don't know. I, th- I remember la- last year when we went out to LA. I think he kind of big timed us. But yeah, he's a big, he's a big Hollywood guy. Yeah. So big. I think when he kind of gets back in his hometown, he kind of starts ignoring, you know, um, his 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 day one friends. So yeah, to speak. yeah. The, the the people that the, the people that actually protect him was was there ever a moment when there was like a freak out, like oh my god, the because op- the offense has been great in the last couple of weeks. 
But the first couple of weeks is like, man, I don't know. I don't know. You know, thank God for the defense early on. Defense was carrying you guys. Honestly, David, was there ever a moment where you're like, man, I don't know if this thing's going to work? No, I, I think it was just, uh, you know, how many weeks is it going to take for it to click, so to speak? I mean, when you really think about it, we were first exposed as an offense to this entirely new offense where we have a Hall of Fame quarterback that has done the same offense for over a decade. So getting the rhythm, getting the timing, getting the adjustments, getting the feel, truly mastering it, and then also from that being able to put it in, you know, live bullets, you know, put it in game. So I knew it was going to be a little bit of a adjustment period. So I wasn't too alarmed early in the season, and, you know, I'm just excited to see, you know, that we really haven't reached our ceiling yet. So there's so much, still so much more room for us to grow. I know. You guys didn't play well. You don't even have Devontae, right? Like all of this stuff and everybody else is developing, the young wide receivers, and obviously Aaron Jones having a great game, and 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 no 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 Devontae has. David Bakhtiari joined us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, how different is it, like for you, how, how different actually, because – I don't know, outside of things, well, football is football. It all looks the same on Madden. How different is are these schemes, these plays, from the ones you had previously run in your career? No, oh, I mean, it's philosophically, I would say it's different. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, weak side zone to the right, strong side zone to the left, inside zone, outside zone. You know, you have your gap schemes, you have your power schemes, all of that. It's just, I think it's a mix between the window dressing you put around it and um, the philosophy that uh, they instill in the blocking unit of attacking gaming points coming off the ball, you know, all that stuff really kind of marries up in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's where the difference is. Dave Bakhtiari joining us, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports trade, take on the Chargers on CBS. Uh, it's a one twenty five local time start. Obviously, Chargers make an offensive coordinator change. You guys, you've been you've been through a coaching change mid season. Um, vibe in the locker room. Does this have you guys started to think about the the potential, the ceiling for this team? Has that has that even crept in yet? Um, I think the only talks that are, that we've had about it is, you know, we haven't even played our best uh, football yet. You know, putting all three phases together at an extremely high level, so we're, we're just excited. We, we, we know what we're capable of. We know the guys we have in this room, and I think that's that kind of shows in how we play, how we celebrate, how we have fun. Um, it, it's, it's been a great time, and obviously being 7-1 is definitely going to, you know, give everyone, you know, high, be in high spirits. So it, it's definitely been a good change, a good culture, and so far, a good season. Yeah, I mean, feels a whole hell of a lot better than last year, right? Like, like man, this is this is way, winning is so much better than so much better than losing. Did you hear the NFL films where uh, I don't know it, who it, which one if they had Lafleur mic'd up or they had A. Rod mic'd up, but he came over after the first touchdown pass and he's like, "Man, I feel like five today," and Lafleur was like, "No, no, how about six? And hell, doesn't he go? It was against Oakland, and he goes out and gets six. Have you have you heard that? Have you seen that yet? I, I did see it. I did see it on uh, you know uh, my my Twitter feed. Someone retweeted it, and I, I did watch the video. And it's just kind of funny looking back that that was even the conversation. That's that that's when you know, you know, it's going to be a good day, and you're in the kind of um, you know the stars align. You're just you're going to have a good outing. Is when you when you have those talks early on in the middle of a game. 
Yeah, I mean, he's obviously feeling it. Um, the the throw into the corner of the end zone, everyone's freaking out about. He was throwing that away, wasn't he? Honestly, no. Was I, he throwing it to Jimmy? The dude's sick, man. <laughs> but but I mean, he's, he's falling down, right? And he just kind of flings it, and there's no way... There's no way he can see Jamal. Was it was it Aaron? Or was it Jamal in the back of the end zone? Jamal. Right? So yeah. I'll, 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 Doug, I'll, I'll tell you two things. One is I don't ever put anything past him because I work with the guy every day and I've seen him do some of the stupidest things. Like if I were to even to try to describe it to you, you'd be like, no way. Go. No. 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 no, 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 no. You can't. You can't do that without giving me at least <laughs> one like because because I know when you're sitting around and you're 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 pounding cases of beer that the other guys are like all right give me your best roger story so okay, come on I'll, give, I'll give me I'll, one i'll give i'll give you one and, short and, sweet one and then we'll go That's back it. to and then we'll go back to yeah. the play i'll give you one short sweet one there was one in practice where um we were running like a deep route this was uh i don't it had to be within the last two years and he was mad because it was the wrong route or blown something was wrong in the play either he didn't like the play didn't like the right didn't like the coverage and he heaved this thing Mid-heave, he's already, like, throwing different body posture of being angry and displeased and threw, like, a 68-, 70-yard bomb dimer in, like, the smallest window for the guy to catch. But he, he doesn't even care because he's so mad at something. Either it was the wrong route, like I said, or the wrong coverage. And I was like, that is disgusting. The guy didn't even, like, care or even try it. He just threw one of the – I mean, I would think – quarterbacks live to even throw one of those in their entire life. Right, and he's right. just throwing it. He's just firing that out in practice. Okay, so he's let's go back to the play then. Right, so, he's so, ba- he, like, so he's barely looking, is what I'm saying. He's barely looking at the wide receiver, and he throws it while already turning away, pissed off, and then starts, you know, complaining and saying that this is wrong or that's wrong, and didn't even see the end proc. And then I watched the ball, I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. So you believe that he wasn't because he, he's falling down and he just kind of flung it, right? He had, he had, a, he had another play in at Chicago. It had to be twenty, maybe twenty fourteen, where he was moving right, getting hit in his legs, and threw a sidearm forty five yards. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, I've, so I've seen so, that line. So he's, and I still think I, I'd have to ask him which one he think is uh, which, which one which one of those throws he likes more. But I think up to that point, that was his favorite and most difficult throw that got called back for holding. Um, I think it was by our center back then. Uh, what's, what's interesting is you guys don't – I know that uh, Jeff Schwartz sometimes, he'll tweet out some disrespectful blocks. Nobody points out, like, your freakiest block. Did, did, you, have, did you have one? Did you, did you have a disrespectful block this past weekend against the Chiefs? I have a disrespectful block? Yeah. I mean, I, I, had, I, I know I had a good block on Aaron Jones's uh, little uh, – uh, uh, like tunnel screen for a touchdown. The the sixty seven yarder. Yeah. Who'd you get? Um, Do you remember the number? There's fifty three or fifty four. <laughs> I just wanted to give him a quick shove. He went to the ground. And it was just easy. I turned around and looked, and then I'm like, oh, yep, that's going to the house. I love when I love when when they see you guys coming, especially the guys with the twos. You know, you got those defensive backs, and they see you guys, and they just like their eyes get big, and they duck out of the way, and they're just like mm-hmm. business business decision. I mean, it's just, it, it's funny. I, sometimes you just kind of get like, they have like that chihuahua syndrome where they just bark all day, and then when you get one of those big guys come out to, there to them, they're just not ready to actually bite or take on the fight. But it's funny, they're, they're, 
DBs are some of the loudest guys in the locker room. How many biggest t- personalities? How many cha- how many times have I mean you walk into a Green Bay bar now? I'm guessing that there's some locals that have challenged you on some beer chugging, right? Like it's probably to the point where like, dude, I get it. I just it was just something for a Bucks game. Wasn't that that happens what every time you walk into a bar now? Um I would say I am getting I think more notice for my ability to either chug beer or sing in um, the movie Pitch Perfect than my actual football play, which I think I've done a pretty good job on the field to be you know recognized for that. But the fact that my beer chugging and the ability to sing in, in a movie, I guess, garners more um, publicity. I, I don't know how, I don't know why, but hey, that's life as a lineman. So yeah. I, I, I will say that I would say the the weirdest thing I, I got was I was at a bar. Um, in our mini buy in Chicago, and I had this guy come up to me with his phone turned on, his camera's already on, pointing right at my face, and just hands me a beer. He goes, "Well, do it." I was like, "What? <laughs> what am I just supposed to do? Do it on command?" Yes. Am I like a puppet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Aaron has told me his whole thing is people touch me all the time. That's the weird thing, right? Like he said, like, and I and I was I was a couple years ago to Final Four, we were hanging out, and he's like, "You watch." They just, I don't know what the thing is. They always put their hands on me. And so now your thing is, they're just going to expect you to chug a beer on command. They want to touch him and have you chug a beer. That's the way it works. I mean, if I if I had to choose which one, you know, I think, you know, people want to give you a beer and have you drink it is a little bit cooler than wanting to be touched. Yes. It's like you're permanently walking through seaweed for the rest of your rest of your life. Yes. Just like floating seaweed, just hands wanting to touch you. That's, I can see how that can be really annoying. I, I, I. I cannot argue with that. Well, I can only tell you that whatever the weather is like in Green Bay, Wisconsin, it is 10 times better out here in Southern California. And Cheesehead Nation, I know I have some I have some friends that own a deli, a, a delicatessen in Orange, California, and they've been waiting waiting for you guys to come to play the Chargers for years. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And I will, if we see you, I will not put a beer in your face and have a camera phone making you ch- chug it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Doug. Hey, thank you very much. All right, David Bakhtiari joining us. From the Green Bay Packers. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.